From Coruscant to Tatooine and every planet in between. Star Wars, prototypes and production with your host, David Quinn. It's a trap! Yes, Welcome to part three of our look at the Cincinnati Toy Show Weekend. For our final set of conversations, we'll be speaking with two collectors who live in completely different regions, one from the north and one from the south. Jim McCallum lives in Canada and wrote what many consider to be the definitive book on Irwin Toys, which many know today as Kenner Canada. After stepping away from the hobby for many years, Jim has returned to the world of Star Wars collectibles and connected with the community for virtual chats during the pandemic. And Cincinnati was one of his first in-person meetups in a long, long time. Tony Johnson is a Southern collector who is a leader in the Georgia Alliance of Star Wars Collectors Club. And he is also one of the heads of the Collectible Alliance Group, which holds weekly Zoom chats in which Star Wars fans talk about the franchise, the figures, and everything in between. And during the weekend, Jim and Tony attended many of the same events and had the opportunity to spend time together. But I thought it would be interesting to hear from each of them and to see where their experiences aligned and where they differed. To hear about the moments from the days in the Cincinnati region that stood out to them, and the ones that made their trips memorable. In a little bit, we'll travel up north for a conversation with Jim, to hear what his first trip to Cincinnati was like, and how his collecting journey has been so far. But first, let's head down to Georgia to hear about the Toy Show Weekend from Tony's perspective. Tony Johnson, it is a pleasure to talk to you. I've been dying to hear about your take on uh, the Cincinnati weekend. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, how are you doing, David? I'm doing really well. Uh, I, I, the first question I wanted to ask you was, what was your best or favorite moment from the weekend? Um, you know, there was a lot going on. Uh, we visited the, um, the Cincy Toy Museum. Um, on Friday, I think that may have been the best moment just because it had a little bit of everything and a lot of, of stuff. That's, uh, the museum that, uh, that Sean and Ryan Limpkel have uh, created to kind of showcase their collection. Um, and it's got prototypes, uh, just stuff that you would never imagine seeing all in one place. And so you you all toured on Friday night. Correct? On Friday night, yeah, we uh, yeah. Um, got in uh, about four thirty. Uh, I was uh, sharing a room with Joel Slater, um, and you know we kind of hung out for a little while, and then we headed over to um, there's a brew pub nearby um, 
apparently in Cincinnati, there's a brew pub near everything. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we had, a you know, a couple of beers, a couple and a little dinner and, um, uh, walked over, um, you know, met up with Jimmy Mack and Daniel Uthman and, uh, Sean Limkel, um, and several other guys. And, you know, we just kind of walked over there and checked things out. And that was probably the most impressive thing. That's a great way to kick off the weekend. Yeah, no, it's really, uh, it was a high point, (laughs) you know, it was really difficult to get any higher than that as far as, you know, stuff. But I love that you also started out with a meal first, because I think that that's something that's really important. And so you have that nice balance of the collector theme event, but also at the same time, just the, the, the collector's meal. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's a big part, you know, and that's really, I think that's the favorite part about the Cincinnati um, show is just, you know, seeing everyone. I mean, but that's kind of like that with every show now is you kind of look forward to seeing your friends more than, you know, digging through bins of loose action figures. But, um, but yeah, in, in Cincinnati, it's just a little nicer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and people are always up to do things outside, you know, beyond the shows, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we probably lingered there a little longer than expected just because it was just so much to take in. Um, but, uh, after that we rode over to, uh, we rode down to Kentucky to visit with, uh, Mike and Vicki. They had, uh, opened up their house for Friday as well. Uh, had some chili and, um, and, you know, uh, same as last year, just a nice hospitable uh, way to start the weekend off. And they have a fantastic collection too. Yes, I, they I, do. Yeah. Uh, I was touring their, their collection last year and it was just nice to hear from each of them why they had certain pieces or what certain pieces, you know, meant to them, which was really nice. Yep. Hmm. How was your Saturday morning? Did you happen to go to the Xenia Toy Show? Uh, I did. Um, I did. Joel and I. Um, we didn't. We didn't wake up at the crack of dawn. Um, but you know, we made it there a little bit after the main start. We didn't do the early bird. Um, you know, it's about an hour ish drive. Uh, and that was that was a lot. I, I've never been to Kane County, but. I'm told that uh, at least size-wise, uh, it's about the same. Uh, I'm not sure if there were as many people there this year. Uh, and, you know, the uh, I think the, the stuff that's there is a little different than Kane as well, from what I've heard. But size-wise, it's really big. I think it was about seven buildings, three really large buildings, and then four somewhat smaller buildings. Um, I've heard similar comparisons to Kane. Um, I've heard that it's um, it's a little cleaner than Kane, um, and then you know different items that you'll find. But I, I believe this one had over six hundred tables, which is incredibly impressive for a, a toy show. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, it was it was a lot, and you know if I um, if I had my eye on another, uh, some other lines, uh, I probably would have uh, carried away a lot more than I did. <laughs> <laughs> did you pick up anything for yourself? Um, I didn't pick up a lot. Uh, a lot of mod- a couple, a few modern things. Some guy had um, had uh, some brand new uh, Black Series stuff for below retail. Uh, the um, Dark Trooper and the uh, is it the Fifth Brother? I think. 
he had those um, for you know thirty bucks and twenty five bucks. So I went ahead and got those. Okay. Uh, and then uh, some guy had a bunch of sealed puzzles for really good prices. So I picked up one that I needed. Um, of the four that he had, there was one that that I still needed. So, which was the I one that you that needed? One. The uh, Bantha, the mm-hmm. one with the uh, sand person, Tuscan Raider riding a Bantha. Um, so that's I think I, I only lack two non-sealed now. And, well, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that's a great addition to your collection. Yeah, yeah. So that that was great. Um, but yeah, I didn't really pick up a lot more. Um, I don't know. It was one of those things where you know, there's just so much there that <laughs> I kind of um, I was kind of trying to put pins in things, or I was taking photos of stuff. But it was so large that when I'd look at the photo to go back, I couldn't remember where it was. It's incredibly overwhelming because you're yeah. not only looking at, as we said, something like 600 plus tables, but then there are bins and boxes and items on every single one of them and, and just keeping track of all of it or looking at something and trying to figure out whether or not it's worth buying in this moment or to keep going is uh, can, can be very overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. And just the the non-Star Wars stuff was just boggled my mind. Well, I mean, obviously there's more to toys than star Wars, but, uh, but just the amount of stuff, like, I don't think I've ever seen as many, um, uh, adventure people in one location. <laughs> sure. The Fisher um, price. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, like mint on card micronaut stuff. I can't recall ever seeing that much, uh, you know, a lot of micronaut stuff. And that's kind of one of the things I like to, I really like the micronauts as a kid and, you know, I'll, I'll buy stuff on occasion, but, I have no idea how much stuff is worth. And when I see a sealed one, that's like, that blows my mind. I know you what you mean. There, see a lot of those. Yeah. There are certain lines that we grew up with or that we're familiar with that we just don't see in the package. And so when we do, especially kind of at a, at a, 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 um, a higher quantity, uh, it can be a little, it's one of those things that sometimes is what kind of pushes us over the edge to start collecting them. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, what did your Saturday afternoon look like? Did you happen to go to, to set up for the Cincinnati show or did, did you do other things? Uh, no, we, uh, I guess we left around three ish, somewhere in there, uh, headed back. And we, um, Joel wanted to stop at jungle gyms. Jungle gyms is like this huge grocery store slash. I, I won't call it an amusement park, but they, they like have a mon- a fake monorail out front uh, they have like a fountain with like zoo, fake zoo animals, not real, uh, different little setups within the store. Like their hot sauce section has like a giant, has a full size, um, fire truck on top of it. Uh, it's just a strange, strange kind of grocery store. Uh, and so we stopped there, um, and spent a lot of time there. <laughs> uh, you kind of get lost in that place. That's one of those places that you don't tell the person that you're with anything about it. And you yeah. just say to them, I just have to stop in here for a second. Would you mind running in with me? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's fun. They have a, they have a bar or well, not a full bar, like a beer uh, bar. So you can buy like a, a drink and walk around the store. Uh, the buggies even have like a, a cup holder in them. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So we kind of wandered around there for a little while and then got some, a very late lunch. And, um, you know, headed back to the hotel. 
well, and we ended up stopping at the other hotel that's attached to the um, to the Sharonville Convention Center, the Hyatt, because um, you know David David White and Jimmy Mack and Pete Fitzke and uh, several other folks are staying at that hotel, uh, and they were kind of hanging out. You know, while people were doing setup, uh, they were kind of hanging out on the patio there, and you know, just taking in everything. Uh, so we stopped by there and we hung out with them for a little while before we headed back to the Drury, which is the hotel we were staying at, uh, to get ready for room sales. And how were room sales this year? They were, they were good. Uh, I, based on my experience from the previous year, I, I, there definitely weren't as many people set up there. Um, now I, I set up. Uh, with some stuff, a few things I was trying to sell. And um, uh, so, you know, maybe I wasn't walking around as much as I did the previous year when I was just looking to buy. So, but it it seemed like it was a little lighter. Uh, It picked up later. I think I remember the previous year, it seemed like we walked downstairs at eight or nine o'clock whenever they were supposed to begin. And everything was like, every table was full and it was packed with people. Yes, I've learned that whatever time you're told that room sales begins, get there earlier. Uh, get there like at least a half hour to an hour earlier because yeah. uh, you have people that they just they get excited, they jump the gun, and they start setting up. So, yeah, and um, yeah, so you know we had the place pretty much to ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. They had warned us that there might be people downstairs watching football, but uh, there were maybe two tables of non-toy people there. Um, what, did you go into it searching for anything in particular? Were you, were you trying to to find something specific for your collection? No, not really. I was just looking for you know something something interesting. Um, you know, I focus on um, the Probot and um, and then uh, a forty eight C card back, the Empire Strikes Back, uh, Revenge of the Jedi offer card back. Uh, so, you know, I'm always looking for that stuff. Uh, but I really didn't have a list beyond that. And okay. Were you successful with finding anything there? Uh, or no. you, okay. Well, I, I picked up a couple things. Um, one of the Ohio guys had a had a four-up, a micro-collection four-up of Vader from Bestman that was, um, it was, it wasn't real and it wasn't a Basement Bounty Hunters. It was like cast in translucent resin uh and you know it was a it was very low price you know he wasn't pretending that it was something real but you know you shine a light through it and it glows and it's really kind of (laughs) cool right where you're it's it's obvious it's a reproduction and it was made just for collectors yeah Yeah. okay so was the was the room sales the end of the night for you or did you do anything after that um well, Joel and I, uh, we, we ended up going to the uh, Waffle House, which was open this year. Uh, oh, late. okay. Uh, unlike last year, it was kind of, I think they had closed early. The year I think before, you're right. Or they weren't open at all. But um, yeah, we ended up going there and um, getting some delicious, delicious Waffle House <laughs> <laughs> uh, around midnight, which is not really, uh, not really the best idea, but, you know, when in Rome. <laughs> Uh, the last time I was there was 2019. 
at, at the Waffle House. Um, it was after room sales. Room sales were it was packed, you know, and, and loud and crazy. And then I think by about one o'clock, um, a group of about 30 of us walked over and filled that Waffle House, <laughs> uh, which, as you know, does not really could not really hold 30 people. No. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, well, that, that's good. So that, that turned out to be a, a good Saturday for you then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty good. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't spend everything that I, that I brought and, but I picked up a couple things that, you know, one or two things that I needed or wanted and, you know, something kind of cool. How was the Cincinnati show on, on Sunday for you then? Um, I mean, Cincinnati, it was about, about as good as, the previous year, you know, it wasn't a massive show. There was a lot of interesting stuff there, but I didn't really find much. <laughs> I mean, not that it's a not that it's a bad show, but I, I kind of get um, tunnel vision. I think like I go to these things and I try to make a you know keep like a mental list of stuff, and you know that's kind of what I look for. Sure. And I think that's a really smart way of doing it too, so that you don't overextend your budget or you don't wind up bringing home <laughs> so, so many items from so many different areas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, the previous year, I think I was up because I didn't know what to expect. I think I was up at like 7 a.m. or out of the hotel by 7 a.m. and, uh, you know, there by 7.30 and waiting in line with like five guys for the early bird. This year, <laughs> uh, we got there about 9.30. <laughs> oh okay yeah which there wasn't a line uh you know we walked in we paid and we were right in there and you know ran through everything um and yeah you know there was some there was some good stuff i picked up um i picked up a record tote um you know the star wars record tote um picked up um some uh paper stuff and a vintage you know empire strikes back pencil uh, a probe droid, a, a Power of the Force two probe droid. Oh, that's good. Um, not not the one I was looking for, but hey, <laughs> well, you can pick one up for like five or six bucks. Yeah, you can't pass that up. Yeah, yeah, you got to army build them. And what kind of other vintage Star Wars stuff was at the Cincinnati Toy Show? Because uh, there was a vendor there last year who had purchased um, uh, an accessory uh, lot, essentially of of something like. 2000 pieces or, um, and, and he had them for sale. Um, what kind of stuff did you see this time? Uh, I didn't see a lot of that. Um, you know, there were obviously, there were a number of vendors that had, um, had a lot of, uh, vintage stuff. Most of them. Um, (laughs) there were a number of vendors more than I expected that, uh, were at Xenia who were also there. So there were several vendors that, I had pretty much seen everything they had the day before. Um, one in particular uh, had the, um, if you remember, uh, All in the Family, um, they produced a, uh, a Joey Stivic, I think that's his name, the, the baby, uh, anatomically correct doll. <laughs> I've never heard of this before, no. Uh, and it comes with diapers and... <laughs> You know, and it functions. Um, and it was like recalled because, you know, fam, you know, parents were horrified. Sure. When their sure. kids got the anatomically, showed up with the anatomically <laughs> correct doll in the uh, late 70s. Um, 
so yeah, they, they were at both shows and, um, yeah. So, you know, there was, there was quite a bit, but you know, pretty, not a lot of pre-production stuff. Um, you know, a few people had things, um, obviously there's stuff that I probably didn't notice. Um, just because I kind of hit an overload point and, um, <laughs> which is very easy to do, yeah, especially yeah. when you have two shows. In two the same day, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two days in a row. I was just like zipping through and, you know, I, I was driving home that, you know, the same day too. So I was trying to see everything, but also be ready to leave. <laughs> Cause I also wanted to stop by the toy department because when in Cincinnati, you have to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, it's interesting that you brought that up about prototypes, though, because I heard that as well. Uh, and I know for me, um, you know, going in past years, especially where you and I were talking before, but 2017 to 2019, um, I, re- I recall seeing a, a lot of prototypes uh, at the show and also at the room sales. And, and that, was, that was a big draw of the room sales, that people were bringing stuff that you wouldn't normally see. Um, last year, I started to see more production items show up at the room sales, um, and you know, so it's interesting to, to hear that you know you didn't see as much as as you thought you would either. Yeah, I, there were a couple instances where someone showed up, and like five seconds before, the person who was at the table next to me at room sales was like, "Can you watch my stuff? I'm going to go walk around." And then someone showed up, and I saw a notebook full of coins open up. And then everyone crowded around. And by the time, you know, my table mate came back, I walked over and there was like two pieces of Kenner letterhead left. So there's, yeah. there might've been some good stuff, but you know, I was, uh, <laughs> I've experienced the, the same thing before that. That's always a rough one too. Cause you're, you're stuck at that point and you're just watching from afar going, yeah, I hope this person comes back sometime soon. <laughs> yeah. And you know, if it was just my stuff, if I was standing there, I, I, I didn't have anything that, was so small that someone could walk off with it. So I wasn't too worried uh, if I had left my stuff to go check something out. But, you know, uh, when someone asks you to watch their stuff, I kind of hate to walk off. Sure. No, that makes sense. Um, uh, okay. So I, I know you have you were there last year and you went again this year. Do you have plans to go next year to Cincinnati for the weekend? Um, at this point, yeah, I, I think I will. Um, it's really dependent on what else happens next year. Um, you know, there was just so much happening this year. It was a bit of a struggle to get there, to get the time off and get up there, uh, just between celebration and the annual and, uh, several other things. Uh, this year was kind of tough next year. Uh, I'm not going to sell, I'm not planning on going to celebration at this point, so, you know, that'll make it a little easier as far as, you know, getting time off because the biggest issue with Cincinnati is driving. Um, I really need a couple days, <laughs> either a day to, to, to rest after, or, um, you know, take two days to, to drive up. Sure. And then there's a ton of driving during that weekend as well yeah. too. So, I mean, it, it really all adds up. Yeah. And then I, I thought this year, um, you know, with the two shows back to back that, yeah, that added a lot of car time. Um, you know, next year, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think, uh, it's just going to be Cincinnati on that weekend. 
Yes. And you were one of the lucky ones um, who was able to experience having Xenia and Cincinnati on the same weekend. Uh, I don't believe that's ever happened before. Um, do you do you see that as a good thing or would you prefer having them on separate weekends? Uh, it's a I think for me as a consumer, it's a really good thing. <laughs> uh, having them, you know, on one on Saturday, one on Sunday, it's great. It really makes the drive worth it. But um, but that said, you know, there was um, a lot more, you know, duplication between the shows than I had kind of expected. Sure, that makes Based sense. On, you know, people just talking about how who's going to want to set up, uh, you know, and Xenia and then pack it all up and then bring it down the next, you know, that that afternoon to set up at uh, Cincinnati. So so there was a lot of duplication. But overall, I think it was, uh, I think it, for me at least, it, it was great. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear you say that too, because uh, these, you know, these weekends are really special. And, um, you know, talking to a number of collectors so far, what I've gotten out of it was that it was the the connections that were made during that weekend, you know, connecting with, with older friends and new ones, um, and then just, you know, having time to really spend with people around things like toy shows and then just, you know, the museum, the meals, um, going to people's homes. I, I think that really helps us kind of, especially, you know, get through the winter months where there aren't shows and, and there are fewer meetups. So, um, is there anything that you would change about a weekend like this? Um, I mean, nothing really comes to mind. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I am considering uh, maybe staying at the uh, other hotel next year uh, just because it's connected to the convention center and, um, you know, it's something different. But, I mean, that's that's not really that huge a thing. I, I, it just looked interesting. I've heard a number <laughs> of people say that, though, uh, and I, I, I could see that happening. And, you know, it's nice to have a little change of pace at these uh, at these events that are – pretty similar, you know, every year. So yeah. seeing Xenia, um, on the same weekend was, was a nice change of pace as well. Having the museum open, um, you know, th those were great, but yeah, maybe staying at a different place or even having the room sales at a different place might be a good idea too. Yeah. Yeah. That could be, uh, that could be interesting. That was, um, I didn't realize, I thought the room sales were a little bit more organic, which apparently, um, yeah, we still need someone to plan them. I think uh, <laughs> yes. I think Daniel stepped up and you know confirmed with the hotel that that you know we were going to do that. So yeah, he did a great job. Yeah. Um, was there anyone that you had a chance to either meet for the first time or get to know better during the trip? Um, let's see. I think Steve Dwyer. Uh, I was well. I'm pretty sure I had met him previously, but it was more of a that Steve Dwyer. And, you know, I actually got to chat with him a little bit more this time. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, Jimmy Mack from um, the and all the Canadian guys, um, you know, I'd never met. Well, apart from Chris Porteous, I'd never met, you know, Toby or him face to face. So that was nice to do. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if there's anyone new that I met that I hadn't already known or at least known through Facebook. But, you know, it's always cool to, to, you know, see people. Um, it, it's so strange to, uh, 
to spend so much time with people online and, you know, never physically <laughs> meet them or only, only meet them like once or twice a year. And in passing as well too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and um, there are a lot of people that, yeah, I, I know their name, but you know, putting a face to a name is always great too, since Facebook kind of, it's not as anonymous as it could be, but you know, some people do seem tend to remain a bit anonymous. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you host, um, a, uh, a chat on Saturday nights for, um, for one of our groups. And, uh, you know, I, I think it really helps, uh, people to connect, you know, even if we're on something, a platform like zoom, um, we're still able to sit and talk for a few hours and joke around and, and talk about, you know, the, the news and events of the hobby, as well as just, you know, life events and collecting events as well too, and star Wars stuff. Um, so, and I, I think that has helped to, um, to bridge that gap sometimes that, that a platform like Facebook can create. Um, yeah. so really thank you for all that you do. Uh, I'm glad that this weekend turned out to be a, you know, a good one for you and that you were able to, to experience it. Uh, I look forward to experiencing the next one with you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to seeing, seeing you there or seeing you before or hopefully before. Absolutely. Whenever, yeah. <laughs> Uh, is there, if, if you were going to talk to somebody, uh, who had never gone to Cincinnati before and was maybe curious about going, what would you say to them? Uh, I mean, I'd say, you know, the collectors that live in Cincinnati are, you know, extremely generous, uh, with their time and their collections. Um, it's very difficult to, um, you know, just be going up there to where, you know, the home, the, you know, where it all started, um, and, you know, everyone there is like super nice and very welcoming. And it's just worth it for that, even if you don't go to the show. Absolutely. Right. And, and there are a lot of people who, who come specifically, you know, just to connect with others. And, uh, yeah. and then, you know, the show is a secondary thing as well. Um, well, great. Tony, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk today. And uh, again, I'm so glad to hear that this was a, a great weekend uh, for you and for, for all our friends. I wish I could have been there with you, but I, I do look forward to the next one. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Jim McCallum, I, I know we have hung out on uh, the Zoom chats uh, over the past you know, few months and, and even years, uh, but I, I don't know if we've ever had a chance to really talk one-on-one -on -one like this. So thank you so much for taking time to do this. Well, thank you for having me. Now, I've been so curious to hear your opinion of, of the Cincinnati weekend. Uh, I was talking to someone, I think it was David White, and I think he said it was your, your first one in a while. Is that true? Yes, yes, it would be. It would be my first. I did go to a King County a couple months ago, um, but this is my first real event, Star Wars-y type event since Celebration 3. Had you ever been to a Cincinnati show before? Never. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Well, that's great. And and as you said, your your last one was, your last big show was Celebration 3. Yes, it was. Yes, Amazing. it, was. it so, was. It was after Celebration 3 that I decided that I was going to, you know, take a break from collecting and try this, my hand at comic booking kind of thing. And, uh, and yeah, so that was my last official, like, Star Wars event before I ended up, uh, you know, 
pulling away from the hobby for a bit. Okay, so this one had a lot of pressure then going into it uh, to to hold up. Did it did it meet your expectations or exceed them? Well, I came home empty-handed, so that uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I've always been one for like the socializing aspects of shows, whether it be comic booking or the celebrations or Star Wars-y things. So whatever I come home with, it is sort of meaningless to me. It's not about that. I can buy whatever I'm looking for on Deal or No Deal or eBay or that sort of thing. It's it's meeting guys like like um, – you know, we've been Zooming a lot. I've been on the Zoom a lot, pretty active on a Saturday night Zoom kind of thing. And, you know, Joel and Tony and, you know, uh, David White and, and other guys who are regulars on the on the Saturday night Zoom. Um, I never have got a chance to meet them. So that was more important. That was my number one focus more than anything. So that was a total success. Did you travel down to the – because you're up in, in Canada, correct? Yes, I'm in Toronto, yes. Did you travel by yourself to the show or did no, you travel actually, with people? I actually went with uh, Toby Black and uh, Chris Porteous. Two uh, wonderful guys. Yes, exactly. So that was the last minute decision for them. I told them I was going and they were like hemming and hawing. And at the last minute, they're like, okay, you know what? If we've already got a car and whatever, that's that's great. And I, I have no problem being the, the driver and driving the whole way and not letting anyone take control of the wheel because I like to be in control. So they enjoyed they enjoyed that. So they got <laughs> to play on their phone and buy stuff on Deal or No Deal the whole seven and a half hours down. Uh, that's, that's not a bad deal or no deal at all. That's perfect. Okay. Uh, so, so then what was, when you got into town, into Cincinnati, um, when did you arrive? First of all, we arrived Friday afternoon, about, uh, four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, we checked into our hotel, went to see what was happening. Um, and then about a net at five thirty, we had an event. Peter Fitzky was putting on a little dinner for about a dozen of us. And um, we headed over to that at 5.30. But we had a little bit of time to kill to just sit around and shoot the – can I say that on this podcast for a little bit and just, you know, get acclimated to our to our surroundings for a bit before we headed over there. Oh, that's great. And then uh, and then, what would you guys do from there? Like I said, we about 5.30, Pete was putting on a, a dinner. There was uh, Joel Slater. Tony Johnson was there. Steve Dwyer, who I'd met for the first time. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Oh, uh, one of the long, Sean Lemkel was there as well. So we, we sat there, we were at this bar pub type thing for a couple hours. And then, uh, from there we headed across the street and that was the convenience of it is, was, it was across the street from, uh, the new Sean Lemkel, uh, Ryan Lemkel, uh, Kenner museum. So at about seven thirty after that, we headed over across the street to the, to their museum and we spent a couple hours perusing that it was a small little intimate gathering i know sometimes when you when you go to a collector's weekend uh or you go to a show like this um it can take a, a little while to get acclimated and to get into the rhythm of the the weekend um how long did it take for you to to get into that, that I'm, a, I'm a pretty i'm a pretty social guy so like within five minutes i'm like i'm ready to go let's let's do this let's stay up till four o'clock in the morning talk star wars stuff and let's just keep going wake up at nine and do it all over again because we can't share this with our wives or our partners or anyone else they don't they don't appreciate the same way we do right so you have a few times in you know in a year where you get this time so i'm like yeah let's do it from morning to night and then do it again and Till we're done and I'll sleep on Monday or Tuesday when I'm back at home at work. 
And and did that work out? Did you stay up till four on Friday? Yeah, oh yeah, yes. Both Friday and Saturday, we were up. We closed up bars and and lobbies, hotel lobbies, and stuff like that. Yeah, we were we were the last to go to bed for sure. I love hearing that because I think you know a lot of times when we get into a, a rhythm with this stuff, it moves so quickly. Um, even as as we try to hold on to the minutes, but um, you know it. Usually we get to the end of the trip and we go, oh, I just, I wish it was like an extra, I wish there was one more hour. And so, I mean, the fact that you, you know, basically stayed awake for the majority of it, uh, you, you know, you probably got so much out of it that way. Well, I, I sure did. Now, now that being said, because I'm the last to fall asleep, you know, when Pete Fitzky's, I'm that who's my roommate was that uh, this weekend. And when he sets his alarm at six o'clock, I'm like, I want no part of that. He's out the door <laughs> or whatever. I'm like, I'll get to the show when I get to the show. Nobody can find everything at the shows and all the good deals. So whatever's left for me, I will, I will deal with. I don't have to be the first person there. That's for sure. Understandable. And you need a little bit of sleep just to recharge. So absolutely. Uh, so did you attend the Xenia toy show? We did. And so Toby, Chris and I, we, uh, headed uh saturday morning say about 10 10 30 and we headed uh about 45 minutes away from where we were staying at sharonville we, we headed to xenia and uh made that show we i think we were the last ones to arrive everybody else was already there everyone was already there was seven buildings at the show like it was a very big show 1300 tables is what i was told it was in seven different separate buildings so um by the time we got there everyone was already finishing up their last buildings and that sort of thing but um but yeah, we, we got there at 11 o'clock, 11.30, and we spent three hours doing that before we, we headed back to Sharonville, which which I guess is about the middle between Xenia and, and, and Cincinnati, per se. Like Cincinnati sure. downtown proper. Mm-hmm. I talked to Tony and uh, David Kevin White, who I call Sir James. Uh, but I, I talked to Tony and Sir James about um, the... Uh, the comparison between the Kane County show and the, uh, the Xenia toy show. Did, did you feel that? Like, did you feel a similarity between I the two? I did feel an absolute similarity. And like I said, at the beginning is King County has been the first show that I've attended since I've been back into collecting for the last year and a half. So that was the first show I attended. So I, it's in my mind vividly. And, um, they're very, very similar shows again in, um, there's a main central building and then there's like a hog building and a cow building and because it's normally like an agricultural type thing. So, but Xenia is way is laid out much better. Like there was signs going, okay, go into this building, go into this building, go into this building. And then just seven buildings in a row. Whereas King County is like, here you are, here's the main building and try and figure out out of the 25 other buildings where, <laughs> where the actual rest of the show is kind of thing. So there's yeah, a little it bit more, more like a scavenger hunt. Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad you were able to explore it. How long did you wind up staying at Xenia? Uh, about three hours altogether. Now, now Toby, Toby and um, Chris, they, they were done in like an hour, an hour and a half. I'm the one who definitely held up our party going back. Um, the, the, t- the aisles weren't laid out in like straight single file kind of thing. Um, you sort of had to do like the outside perimeter area and then like do a weave, like an S shape in the rest of the tables to see everything. If you just did it in an up and down aisle, you would have missed a a bunch of stuff in between. So I took my time. Um, I'm looking for mostly star Wars, but unfortunately I got sucked into uh, a bunch of a and E 
biographies this summer about wrestling, WWF wrestling when I was a child. So not that I collect wrestling figures or anything like that, but I, I just wanted to see stuff. So I wanted to make sure I saw every inch of the room. So even though Star Wars was the main goal and that's all I was spending money on or would have spent money on, I was definitely trying to see what kind of wrestling stuff from when I was a kid was in Toyland kind of thing. One of the things that I really appreciate in a conversation like this is the level of passion, you know, and, I, and and the attention to detail, of course. And so I feel the same way. When I go to a show, I, I have to go into every nook and cranny and, and check everything out. And I love that you were doing that for a show as as big <laughs> and as expansive as the, the Xenia Toy Show. For sure. I mean, we didn't have really anything to do other than, than you know, the room sales per se at the at the Drury Inn that wasn't starting till 7.30. So, I mean, if we got back to our hotel at 2 o'clock, what were we going to do for the next five hours? So I've, we've driven seven hours. Might as well check out every nook and cranny and make sure that nothing got missed or, or passed by kind of thing. I mean, you're there. You might as well make the most of it. What kind of items did you see? And then what kind of items did you pick up? I Like I said, I, I didn't pick up a single thing at either one of the shows between don't mean to get ahead of ourselves, but um, I picked nothing up at Xenia. I what I was what I'm looking for basically is is higher end quality items, and it just didn't seem to be at the show. Um, there was a lot of carded. Don't get me wrong. There was a lot of carded and, and mint in box, you know, items available for sale, like at every second table. But it, the condition is was just lacking for what I was looking for. Um, and that yet yeah, everyone also had everything priced at uh, six months ago at peak pricing as well, which was not conducive to anybody's wallets. I think you and I collect the same way where we condition is very important and we're looking for, you know, kind of a higher quality example to bring home. Absolutely. Um, you know, space, space is very limited. So you, you do want to bring home the best when you can. Um, did you see anything though that, that caught your eye as, as far as like a, a high quality Star Wars item? So Jerry James at uh, Cincinnati had a, a, a Bausch first shot, which was interesting. I don't collect first shots, but I, I definitely have an interest in them. Um, you know, the, when we were at the Lemkel museum on Friday night, they were talking that they were going to bring a couple of, uh, 12 back bins, headers, and the plastic inserts that they had that were kind of rougher though. And they said they would bring it to the show on Sunday. And I was very excited for that. So from Friday till Sunday, I was for 48 hours, I was very excited until I got to see them in person. And I'm like, yeah, that wasn't the quality that I was hoping for. It's not him. <laughs> sure. So, so I passed on those, but um, yeah, no, there was, there was definitely some interesting items for sure. Um, you know, there was a couple of two packs, but more of the common ones. Um, yeah, but there wasn't anything high end. There wasn't, you know, Anakin's or Yak Face or even, you know, really nice 12 backs. It was all just fairly pedestrian Empire and Jedi carded stuff with your usual yellow bubbles. And, and yeah, it was, there was nothing, there was nothing special per se. I was looking to buy something special and I didn't really see anything super special other than that first shot from Jerry James. And I know what you mean about a show like that. And sometimes it happens at larger shows, uh, usually at smaller ones, but um, you get to the point where you say, okay, this is not the type of show where I'm going to be bringing home, you know, a big piece. So I'm going to just kind of dive deeper and just see what else is here. Uh, exactly. And it's still a fun experience. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world and I'm glad I went, but you can't, you can't win them all. I mean, sometimes you go home with stuff and then the next time you go to show and you'll find 18 premium pieces that you're trying to figure out, okay, so if I pay this credit card next month and that credit card next month and, you know, PayPal this and whatever advance, I mean, it'll all work out in the end. So it's not a problem. At yeah. All. And that's why we drive out to Ohio and uh, attend two shows in one weekend. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Because you never know. If you don't go, you'll never know. So had you been to a room sales event before? Uh, other than uh, buying up a whole bunch of the proof cards at the famous, infamous uh, Steve Denny proof sale of uh, Celebration 2, no, I haven't been to a room sales in a long time. I would say, though, if you're talking about one specific room sales, I think that's the one to be at. So congratulations. You chose wisely. I, I, was, I was definitely fortunate in uh, being at that room sales. I, I think I was the second or third last person to be in that room before the hotel security closed it down. Okay. So what was this one like for you then? Because I, I know that that's a high bar to meet. <laughs> um, this was... Um, I have nothing other than that to base it on, but even from talking by from everyone else's standards, it wasn't the same as usual. Um, Todd Chamberlain brought out some very nice items. Uh, Chris Fawcett brought out really cool stuff, but it was all turtles for shots and, and stuff like that that I don't know anything about. Um, there was a random thing or here, but the qual there there was you know there was less than I was expecting to be had. Like uh, Chris Porteous told me that a couple years ago at the Cincy show, uh, the white Cape Bib Fortuna showed up. Um, you know, yes, just Brian Rockfall had it. Yes, exactly. You know, just random stuff like that, but there was nothing of that sort of quality at all at this, at this room sales. Mm-hmm. And I think overall I had spoken uh, with, with Tony and with a few others about this recently, there was lower, a lower attendance for this uh, Cincinnati weekend, uh, in comparison with, with, uh, prior ones. So, uh, you know, sometimes even missing, you know, one or two collectors, uh, who bring stuff, I mean, that can affect what, what appears at a room sale. Um, but, uh, did you enjoy your time while you were there? I sure did. I sure did. We were there until about uh, 10 o'clock or 10 30 at night. And then somebody said, we are going over to somebody's place in downtown Cincinnati. So there's Steve Dwyer, David White, and a couple other people who were like, we're going over to uh, to Steve Fink's place. Did you guys want to come? Well, he asked me, did I want to come? I'm like, hold on a second. Give me a second. Let me talk to my boys, Toby and Chris, because I'm not going to desert them at the thing. I went running in. I said, you guys want to come to this? They're like, sure. Why the hell not? And we all jumped <laughs> in the car and uh, we headed to Steve Fink's place in downtown. First, his toy shop in uh, downtown Cincinnati, which is connected basically to wherever the Bengals play. I'm not sure what the stadium name is, but it's like on that property, which is quite amazing. Oh, that's incredible. Are you, are you a a football fan at all? I do know my football. Absolutely. I don't know anything about the Bengals, unfortunately. So um, I, I, again, I don't know what the stadium name is, but uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, when you're at his toy shop, you can see the Kroger building, which is the first time I saw it. And I don't know if David White told the story or not, but he's like, I've never seen anyone more excited because it was like nighttime. <laughs> the building was lit up and he's like, I've never seen anyone just so excited to see the Kroger building. And, you know, being a Kenner Canada guy, it's not like Kenner U.S. means as much to me, but it does because it's still 
the forefather or, or whatever. It's the Mecca kind of thing of that. And I saw the building and even though Kenner hasn't been there for 20 years, I still got a little weepy eyed and Dave was like, I, I love this. He's like, I could have just come here just specifically to watch you well up in tears of seeing some <laughs> stupid building and 50 year old men are crying over their toys <laughs> were made and designed, you know, 45 years ago. If I have it correctly, I think he said that you turned into a five-year-old child, and I thought that was really special. So. Oh, there you go. So he did bring it up to you. I knew, I knew it meant a lot to him when he told me about it, so it definitely, whatever I did, it affected him maybe more than I even realized until he mentioned it. Yeah, again, it's all about that connection and that passion. And, you know, it means so much to all of us that, you know, when someone else shares in that, in that excitement uh, or that emotion as well, too, uh, you know, it, it, it resonates. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, so that was that was your your Saturday night, and uh, and what was it like uh, being at, at at Steve's uh, studio and and his his place? Oh, it was it was pretty cool. Um, it's funny. So so it's on two different levels. I don't know how much I can say about this. I'm, I'm, I mean, he he gave us permission to take pictures and whatever, so it should be fine. So it's definitely on two different levels, and it's like every movie you've ever seen where they're like at a an Amazon slash Apple building where I don't think any work's actually being done. There's ping pong tables and, you know, arcade machines and pinball machines all over the place. Like it seems like it would be the coolest place to work. Just like some of these modern movies that show these kind of scenes. Right. Um, But then you go uh, walk into Steve's office and there's a full set of, of three packs on the wall, like all 16 three packs are lined up against this wall. And then you're like, wow, this, <laughs> there's something special going on in here. So that was his, that's what he has in his office that he's the most proudest of. And, um, and yeah, so he's like, okay, so you guys have seen this main level and all the stuff, and, you know, a bunch of cubicles and the prototype toys that he's designed and, you know, that's got their business afloat. And then he's like, okay, you want to go see somewhere special? And he's they're like, sure. And he takes us down to the basement and, there's like a workshoppy type area. And he told us that his goal was there, there is the equivalent of like a hundred long boxes, let's say of comic book long boxes. I don't know how to, for the layman terms, um, you know, 50, 75 good size bankers boxes full of toys. That is his extras or whatever. And he said that his goal was eventually to turn his place into something where collectors could come off this. It, it could be like toy con every day and you could walk off the street and come in and buy, you know, the first, the first carded figure that I pulled out of his, uh, one of his boxes was a Jawa tri logo that looked to be in like C9 condition. Like this is, oh my this is his, ex, his extras or his cast outs or stuff. He's not interested in that. We didn't even delve further into what else is there, but it, it, there's quite a decent amount of toys down there that he just doesn't know anything to do with. He doesn't want to set up his shows. His goal, like I said, was to build toy con every day that people could walk in off the streets, but uh, just hasn't got around to it kind of thing. And I love that an hour before that you were sitting in the lobby of the Drury during room sales, having no idea you were going to have that adventure. I, I, I didn't have a clue at all. I had no idea what a, what a Stephen Fink even is. And, uh, <laughs> and yes. And then all of a sudden I'm at his place. And then from there, I'm sure David told you, and I'm sure you'll want to hear about it too, is he took us to what every single one of us collectors has dreamt of is we went from that place after he locked it up. He's like, okay, we're going to go to my special loft 
So he's got a loft in the city about five minutes away that has a bed, has a kitchen. It's not his home, but that's where he goes to chill out. And then the bulk of his toy collection is in this loft in the middle of the city that no one would even know. An elevator goes straight from the first floor right into his loft. And first thing you see is is ridiculous Star Wars stuff. Now, we weren't allowed to take pictures. He didn't want us to take pictures in his loft, so I don't know how much I can really describe, but you name it, whether it be uh, his focuses were Aquaman stuff, was Kiss stuff, Star Wars stuff, and like Captain Action and Universal Monster stuff. So the best of the best of all of that stuff is just sitting in this loft that he goes to chill out. That sounds like the perfect way to end a Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So we were there until about two o'clock in the morning. We probably got to his loft around noon and we and about two o'clock in the morning it was like looking at me like, okay, we should probably get back. Because we went in two cars and Steve was one of the ones who drove us from the Drury. So we're like, okay, we should probably go home because the show's tomorrow and it's two o'clock in the morning and we could have stayed there all night, but so they sort of nominated me to speak up for us. I'm like, Steve, I know this sucks and we're all having a great time, but we probably should have head back to the hotel. So about two o'clock in the morning, we, we headed back to the hotels. We jumped in a couple of cars and, and worked our way back. But yeah, I mean, four or five pinball machines, <laughs> you know, plus this. It, it was what we all dreamt of. It's It's a man cave that's not even that's a totally separate place. Like it's our own little haven. It's a fortress of toy solitude is what it is, right? It's not his home, but it's just where he goes to chill out and get away from the wife or whatever. I mean, it's, it's what we all want in a perfect world. If money was no object. And the fact that he just, you know, he invited everyone to see this, uh, I'm sure it brought him a lot of joy to share it with you and with everybody. But I also, you know, I think it speaks to to the kindness of collectors that we see a lot of times, you know, where they do open their doors and their collections um, to other people who share that passion. And uh, really, I mean, I can't think of a more special and exciting way uh, as a surprise to to end uh, the room sales and the, uh, the the first you know real full day at uh, at Cincinnati. Well, absolutely. And the thing is, I mean, I know Stephen Dwyer is the one who got the invite, but I mean, Steve Dwyer showed up with five extra people. I don't know if we were allowed to or whatever. Uh, we all showed up, and he was totally welcoming and let us all in. So, so yeah, absolutely. To to your point, that's that's exactly it. I mean, he invited one person, six people showed up, and he's like, okay, there's room enough for everybody. That sounds like a normal collecting event. Exactly. <laughs> That's it goes. Absolutely. So how was how was Sunday morning then? I mean, I'm sure you were exhausted, but oh, what was oh, the I was. Uh, I was. I mean, I got a phone call from Toby at like 7.30 in the morning saying, okay, you're ready to go over to the show? Um, because they were at the Drury and I was staying at the Hyatt, which was connected to the Cincinnati Toy Show on the Sunday. So it was five minutes for me to just walk over. But I needed – I was the one who had the car. It was my car. So I had to go pick them up from the jury, bring them over to the show and whatever. So I said, okay, give me an hour and a half at nine o'clock. I'll head over to your hotel. I'll come pick you guys up. So at nine o'clock, I set my alarm. I just drove over. I didn't even shower or anything like that. I drove over, got them, dropped them off at the toy show. And I said, I'm going back up to my room. Then I'm going to get ready for the day. And yeah, don't rush. Don't rush for Sunday because I'm going to be 45 minutes (laughs) behind you. And I'm still going to have to go look around the room. So. So yeah, 
But and, and that was the thing is, is Sunday was definitely a much smaller show, uh, more compact venue for sure, probably more Star Wars per capita. But between Friday being at the Lemkul Museum, Saturday being at Xenia, Saturday night being at uh, Steve Fink's place by Sunday – it's not like I was burnt out, but I'm like, I've seen all this stuff already. Like nothing was new. The ex- not the excitement was lost, but I, I felt like I'm looking at the exact same items over and over and over again. So a little bit of the luster was definitely gone. Well, sure. And, and it's, I mean, it's overwhelming, especially when you go to a show on a Saturday morning that has over 600 tables and then you're going through room sales and you're chatting with collectors for the entire time. Um, it's a lot to take in. And then it takes, a, I think it takes a good week or so for your brain to unpack everything that you saw after that. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Um, did I feel like I missed out on anything? No, but it was just, you know, wandering didn't seem as exciting anymore. And it's not a, it's not a take on the show at all or how well the show was put on. It's just, you can go into overload and eventually you just shut down. It doesn't matter what you, what you do kind of thing. Right. No, but it's wonderful that you got to experience every aspect of that, you know, from the the surprise of going to to Steve's place uh, to, you know, hanging out and and checking out room sales, which you haven't done in in a long time. And then also, you know, the Cincinnati and Xenia toy shows. Um, I know, speaking of shows, I know you have a very special one uh, coming up very shortly. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about it? Because I I know the name of it. It's called May the North Be With You, but I'm not really familiar with it. Yes, yeah, so May the North is is um, so before the guys before the guys from Canada here in the Toronto area, Mike Freeman, Toby Black, Chris Porteous, um, they just they've been to they're quite socially you know into the show scene kind of thing and go to the annual and been to Michael Haven's show and celebrations and stuff like that and they realize there's nothing happening in the Toronto area or Canada per se anything close to that, to that. I mean, you've got your local toy show where, you know, there's a hundred tables and three people are selling star Wars stuff. So they wanted to bring the entire annual or celebration to you where it's, it's not about the show per se. It's about the socializing. It's about meeting, you know, other collectors and sort of thing. And then about the panels. So at, at the show, like George Irwin, who was uh, vice president of Irwin Toys, which is Kenner Canada back in the day, is going to be presenting. Um, Brenda Young, who was uh, working in the toy design department and helping with translating and adding the French to all the different stuff, to all the packaging, she's going to be there uh, bringing in a couple of American you know, guys that everyone knows their name, Jim Swearingen and uh, Stephen Geddes. Um, you know, to talk about, you know, just developing the line of Kenner in general and that sort of thing. And then Scott Bradley and myself will, will be discussing, you know, the collect, we'll have a panel or two ourselves discussing, um, Kenner Canada items and more of the collectibles experience of things, right? I mean, George Irwin knows what they designed and, and, and sold, but he doesn't understand the nuances of, Hey, what's a seven Sears Canada seven pack or what's a, you know, shrink, <laughs> shrunk wrap vacuum formed, you know, general veers. Like he just doesn't right. know that And that's stuff, where the so. collectors come in. Absolutely. So yeah, the, the, the six of us are the special guests. Uh, there'll be a Kenner Canada museum where we're going to have one of everything, 
um, on display that was ever produced by Kenner Canada from Star Wars to, to Jedi kind of thing. So everything should be in, you know, a buy logo type box, Kenner Canada box. Um, there'll be the panels and then, yeah. And then at like six o'clock there'll be the, once the panels are done or whatever, like all the collectors, we're going to have just a gigantic couple of rooms of, of, um, not a dining, that's what's not the word, like a ballroom that we've rented out at the hotel and then just bring your stuff and we'll be doing room sales like that per se. So it's, it's a way to bring that experience of, of what's, you know, the U.S. show to Canada because it's, like I said, it's just nothing, there's nothing been, nothing like that up here or even attempted up here. So it's just going to be a small, intimate thing. A hundred tickets are being made available and, um, and yeah, so we're going to keep it a small intimate event about just about the socializing and gathering and, and, and learning and education. And yeah, it's not about the sales per se. It's not about a toy show per se, but it's just one day of, of Star Wars Kenner Canada bliss. Jim, that sounds incredible. And I'm so glad that you're a part of it too. I think that's really special. Um, I know that you wrote uh, a book that many consider to be uh, the book on uh, Irwin Toys uh, as well too, um, which as you said is Kenner Canada, correct? Yes, yes. So what is the name of the book? Uh, it's called Irwin Toys, the Canadian Star Wars Connection. The original was published in uh, the year 2000, which is long sold out. Um, about five years ago, someone did a little micro printing of 77 copies. Um, and then we just produced another hundred copies for this May the, May the North, sorry, I keep saying May the 4th, uh, May the North show. So there's a special third printing of it happening. And, uh, yeah, those will be going on sale exclusively at the show. And then from there, uh, whatever doesn't get sold, uh, Mike Freeman from May the North, um, toys has said that he'll buy the rest of the print run because at his shop people ask him for the a copy of the book all the time and he just could never get his hands on one so he's like if you get oh, a whole fantastic. bunch printed i'll buy if you get a whole bunch printed i'll buy whatever doesn't get sold at the show so that's what's happening from there okay and and so the show is on october 22nd in toronto yes. um and if anybody wants to get tickets or any any other information uh, you can just go to may the north be with you dot ca exactly um, and uh and you can you can find all the information there and uh really i mean uh, jim I, I think it's great that that you're into the third printing of of your book already too and you know if if so many people have have found it to be such an asset uh i'm so glad that you, you know you're you're continuing to create them and now mike will will sell the uh, the rest of of this uh run uh which is great yeah no, it's, it's amazing. It's something I wrote, you know, 23 years ago in basically a weekend. <laughs> and if you don't mind me telling you a little, <laughs> no, of course, a little sure. story, it's funny. So I was set up at a, I was set up at a show on uh, a little local toy show, maybe 50 dealers. And the guy came walking by and I was selling all Star Wars stuff. And he, and he says to me, he goes, oh, you collect Star Wars stuff. You sell Star Wars stuff. And I said, yeah. And he's like, yeah, so do I. He goes, I actually own a publishing company. I'm writing a book on Star Wars toys. And I'm like, oh, really? So am I. I'm just lying right through my teeth to him. <laughs> I'm like, so am I. He's like, oh, really? He goes, why don't you send me a sample chapter at this email address and uh, let me see what I think. And you know what? I don't need to finish this. Maybe you write the book and uh, and I'll publish it. And I said, okay. So I got home from the toy show. I told my wife, I'm like, we got to get home now got home from the show at like six o'clock and by like 11 o'clock I, I put together a chapter and emailed it off to him on Monday morning. And he's like, 
okay, let's finish the rest of the book. And that's how I got it. But yeah, absolutely lied through my teeth. When I found someone else was writing a book, I'm like, well, I, I want my name on something. So that's that's how that got published. So I whipped that together in about 10 days all together for him. Like I'd been writing it for years. And yeah, apparently people care enough that it's worth printing a third time. So that's yeah, shocking to me. But yeah, it is what it is. Hey, sometimes we stumble into something and it has an effect uh, uh, for others for for years and decades. So congratulations on that. I think that's wonderful. Thank you so Um, much. So, Jim, would you, after being in Cincinnati for the Cincinnati Toy Show weekend this past weekend, would you consider going back? in the future. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would go every year. And again, I don't care if I buy a thing or whatever. It depends on who's going. It's all about the camaraderie and the relationships. Uh, It's not about what you come home with. Uh, That's just a bonus if you happen to, but like every show I've ever gone to, it's about building a relationship because even if I don't come home with something, building a relationship and meeting someone, putting a face to a name is six months from now. He might remember. He's like, Jim, he might remember that Jim was looking for this six months ago and I just found one. I should reach out to him. And that's the stuff and the camaraderie in the hobby that you just can't buy. That doesn't have a price that that goes a long way in building forever relationships. That's wonderful. And you're right. I mean, we, we tend to, when we care about others and we care, you know, we share the same passion, uh, we do tend to look for stuff for our friends. So, uh, absolutely. Um, Jim, it was so nice to just sit and talk with you for a little while about this today. And, uh, I'm, I'm really thrilled, you know, again, if anyone is looking to be a part of, uh, may the North, just go to may the North be with you.ca, uh, for tickets and information. Um, it, if anyone's looking for your book, Jim, what's the best way that they can reach out to uh, to, to get a copy? Uh, that I don't know because I'm saving this third printing. Like, So the first and second printings are sold out. So I'm saving the third printing for the show. But whatever's left over, uh, they can reach out to Mike Freeman at – so after on like the 23rd on kind of thing, they can reach out to Mike Freeman at Fourth Moon Toys and he'll have the remainder of all the copies that are left over. So he'll be able to sell them at that point. Perfect. Okay. I'm glad this was such a unique and wonderful trip for you. Uh, I hope that you and I can spend a little time together in Cincinnati at the next one. I think that would be really nice. I think it would. I look forward to it, David, for sure. I mean, you're one of the first people I met when I got back into the hobby and on the Zoom. And yeah, to meet you face to face would be a pleasure for sure. We'll have to do that. We'll have to celebrate in style, either a meal or just drinks or something. Absolutely. I look forward to it. Thank you so much for joining me for a look at the Cincinnati Toy Show Weekend. I hope the series was an enjoyable one for you, and helped to give you a better idea not only into what this year's trip was like for many of our friends, but to also give you an idea of why people travel to Cincinnati every fall. My thanks to Tony Johnson and Jim McCallum for taking time out to speak with you and me, and for sharing their experiences during an event-filled weekend. And I'd also like to thank Dan Uthman, David Kevin White, Tony Kramer, Vicky Bitter, and Mike Esposito for being a part of this Cincinnati series. 
I spoke to David Kevin White about the series earlier today, and he mentioned something I wanted to share with you. He said the episodes resonated with him, and for an interesting reason. As someone who attended the Toy Show weekend, he said he had experienced about 85% of what the other collectors mentioned during our conversations. But the episodes gave David the opportunity to experience the other 15% of the trip through the stories his friend shared on the podcast. And for me, as someone who missed the trip this year, a part of my brain feels like I was there anyway, just from being a part of these collector conversations. I hope they did the same for you. And I hope you'll join us next year for the annual Cincinnati Toy Show Weekend. But between now and then, there are many more trips and meetups and moments to experience as a collector. And even if you can't be there in person, I'll try to bring them to you on Star Wars Prototypes and Production. Thank you.